When you purchase a house, you have to make the choice between variable or fixed. And depending on the long-term goals or things that you anticipate in the future, deciding on which one is best is really crucial. Before I get on with this episode, a reminder that I have a Patreon page where you can read articles, you can download spreadsheets, you can get internet resources, you can watch tutorial videos and even chat with me. You can ask questions. It's fantastic. It's free to join. So sign up today. The link is patreon.com forward slash jellyman underscore investing. Lastly, a disclaimer that I am not a financial advisor. Please consult with a professional before making any financial decisions on the episode. So starting with fixed interest rates. So there's definitely an allure to fixed interest rates. Fixed rate home loans are particularly appealing due to their stability and predictability. So what that means is when you have an interest rate for a set period of time, typically, you know, one to five years, somewhere like that, your interest rate will not change for one to five years. So you know exactly what is coming regardless of what the RBA will do. So the RBA can increase or decrease interest rates. It doesn't affect you in the slightest. So you have consistent monthly repayments. Now, this is a really good shield in times of market fluctuations or if there's, you know, things happening that are bad in the economy. So just as an example, when COVID happened, you can go on a a 2% interest rate. And if, for example, interest rates jumped all the way to five, you would stay at two for a set period of time. So you could have an agreement with the bank of, let's say, three years. Your interest rate won't change until the three years is up. So typically, what some banks will do is they'll offer a really a really good interest rate to kind of lock you in because you'll be like, great, 2%, and everyone else is on 3 4 whatever, and you're like, yeah, fantastic. But what you have to be careful of is at the end of the period, so let's say it's three years, at the end of three years, you have to secure either, you have to refinance or the uh, structure you have or the terms and agreement you have with your contract is you will switch from a fixed into a variable. So the risk then becomes what will be the variable interest rate three years down the line. So you have to keep this in mind. So let me give you an example uh, in terms of numbers of just what this will look like, okay? And I'm going to talk, uh, and I'm going to reference kind of uh, what happened with COVID. So in 2020, started 2020, COVID happened, the whole economy stopped, interest rates dropped all the way down to like 2%. And then now we're in 20, well, started 2024, and there have been like 13 rate rises. So it went from as low as 2% to now almost 7%. So that is huge. The thing is, mathematically speaking, when the way it's structured with repayments, 2% doesn't sound like a big number and neither does 7%. But you have to look at it over the life of the loan of what that actually means. And what I'm actually going to do is uh, I'm going to get an amortization calculator, just kind of side by side. And I want to show you the difference in terms of the total interest you'll pay. So assuming there's a $600,000 loan, I'm just going to type this in here, and it's a standard 30 years at 2%. So 2% was what happened at the beginning of COVID. So your monthly repayments are about $2,200, somewhere like that. Um, and your total interest would have been about 200000 So what that means is over the life of your loan, over 30 years, if you just make the standard payment, 
you would have paid $600,000 to pay off your loan and then an additional 200000 in interest. And that is basically the bank's kind of reward for lending you that money. Now, at the end of COVID, let's say, you know, three years down the line, you switch to 7% because it's the end of your contract. Here's the difference. Now, I know it's not 30 years again, but it's close enough. Here's what happens. Okay, 7%. So you'll go from having to pay roughly 200,000 in interest over 30 years to now over 800,000 in 30 years. So it's a substantial difference. In terms of your monthly repayment, it's about double. So with a 2% interest rate, you're paying about 2200, 2000, 2000 to 2200 somewhere like that. With a 7% interest rate, you're paying about 4000. What I tell people is Whatever the rate that they give you, whether it's 2%, 7%, whatever, that actually is something you should put to the side. What you should be doing is going, how bad can it really get? And if it does get that bad, can I handle it? That's one of the things you have to think about. And if you can't, maybe fixed interest rate is a way to go for an extended period of time. So five years is a long time. Things can change. You can get like a better job. Maybe you start your own business. Um Maybe you meet someone and you become dual income, whatever it might be. Those are things to think about. I will also add from an investment perspective. So say you went from maybe not something as extreme as 2% to 7%. Maybe you went from 3% to 5%. And the difference in terms of monthly repayment for that is say it's $1,500, just as an example. If at 3%, After all your expenses are paid and the mortgage and everything at the end of the month, you have $1,500. That means your monthly savings rate is $1,500 a month. But if interest rates go all the way up to 5%, well, then you've practically consumed all your savings ability. So your savings is no longer growing. So when you think about it like that as well, um, that is a big problem when it comes to long-term investing. So if you have a house that you're paying off, but it's owner-occupied, it's not really considered an investment. If you're set at 3% and you're saving $1,500 a month, that can go to your savings or that can go to investing. But if you completely consume that savings because of higher interest rates, then in terms of your wealth, it's not really growing, in my opinion, because say over 30 years, you pay off your house and your house triples in value, for example, but you still got to live somewhere. So it's not like you can take all that money out and live off it. Well, that's not how it works. All it just means is you have a lot of equity at the end. So the way I see it is set up or kind of decide on a property such that should the worst happen, you still have a, it doesn't have to be significant, even $500 a month at the end of it all, you know, preferably bigger, like $1,000 a month buffer at the worst case scenario, means that if the worst case scenario happens, you'll still be okay. It means you'll still be able to save, you'll still be able to invest, you'll still be able to capitalize on opportunities in the market. Because what we found in COVID is, um, say interest rates uh, increased all the way to you know 5%, 6%, you've consumed all your additional savings at the end, but then there's like a market crash or the market, the stock market is still low then you're missing out on any buying opportunities. So you want to be poised to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. So now let's talk about variable interest rates. So the idea 
with variable interest rates is that as the central banks change the interest rate, um, and the, one of the reasons that they do this is to control inflation, which I'm not going to get into now, it will directly affect your interest rate. So let's say right now I'm at 3% and the central bank says, um, we're going to switch it to 3.5. Within a month, um, the banks will switch you to 3.5. But that, Generally speaking, it's like that. But it's not perfectly like that because say there's 100,000 people at 3%. We're not actually all at 3% because we're constantly negotiating or we've got different rates. I may be at 2.95 or 3.35. So I'm slightly different. So what actually happens is the central bank the RB, uh, Royal Banking uh, Administration, Royal Banking Administration (RBA) will say we're going to increase it by something called basis points. That's a very fancy term. All it means is um, fractions of a percent. So if they say we're going to increase it by twenty-five basis points, that means zero point two five percent. That's all it means. It's a fancy way of saying it. Um, so if you're on, let's say, two point six five percent. They go, we're going to increase it by 25 basis points. You're going to end up on 2.9%. And they can keep increasing it. So you may think, well, what what's the point of going variable then? Well, the opposite can happen as well. So if they go, well, we're going to reduce interest rates because inflation is all good. We want people, uh, and the reason they want to reduce interest rates is when interest rates become low, borrowing money becomes attractive because it's less interest you have to pay, and that moves the economy again. So the RBA has an extremely difficult job of constantly having to tweak these interest rates as well as other kinds of activities to ensure that inflation doesn't get out of control. The big challenge that they have, or one of the issues with this, is when they change it, it's not an instant overnight change to inflation. It takes time for things to actually switch and they don't know if it'll actually happen because it's obviously a very complicated machine um, it's an entire population so it's extremely difficult one of the advantages as well that you have with a variable interest rate is that you can make as many um, additional repayments as you want now every bank and every contract is slightly different you have to confirm this but generally speaking if you wanted to put an extra 50 grand on your um, mortgage, you could, right? I've had a conversation with a bank before where I said, if I get an inheritance of 500000 could I pay off the house today? And she's like, yep, if you're variable, you can pay the whole thing today. Whereas if you're on a fixed, you are either capped, it's like $5,000 a, uh, a year or something, or you cannot make additional repayments at all. What that means is you're pretty much stuck in paying whatever they tell you to pay. Whereas in variable, if you anticipate, well, I'm going to be earning more money soon. I'm about to get a promotion. My career is going really well. I just started a side business, whatever you can think of that's now bringing in more and more capital, more and more money, you can divert that towards your home loan. Now, the way you generally would do it is through something called a redraw facility or a offset, but you can also make permanent contributions towards your home loan. Um, the reason I don't like that third option is because you lose access to that money. Okay, Now, without getting into super detail with offsets and redraws, um, basically what they do is if you put the money in there as a bucket, say it's $50,000 and your home loan is $500,000, instead of the interest generating or being calculated of 500000 
it's calculated off 500,000 minus 50,000. So it's a way of reducing your interest okay, over time. And it has a kind of reverse compounding effect. So to give you an idea of how this works is, say I'm going to pick a really round number here. Say I've got 500,000 um, home loan at 5%. What that means is over 30 years, I will have paid uh, $500,000 for the home loan and about $500,000 in interest. And every month I'm paying about $2,700 in monthly repayments. But I can make additional repayments. So say my job is doing really well and I can make an additional repayment every month of $1,000. Okay. Now that additional $1,000 will go into a redraw facility or an offset or a permanent contribution to your home loan. So what will that $1,000 do to my overall schedule okay, to pay off my house? So let's have a look. So by making an additional $1,000 repayment, instead of paying half a million in interest, I've halved it to about $240,000. Not only that, but because you're paying extra $1,000, it's also reducing the amount of interest over time, which means the money that would have gone to interest is now going to your principal, which means it reduces your overall length of your loan. So instead of it being 30 years, uh, it will be paid off in 16 years and nine months. Now, don't worry if like that was a lot of numbers for people who aren't number people, but even then on a podcast, it can be quite tricky. So this is why I suggest go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash jellyman underscore investing. You'll see a lot of these kinds of examples. If you haven't, it's probably because I'm, I'm still building a lot of the stuff. But if you go there, there's already like 50 articles and downloads and videos as well. There's already heaps there. So most likely there's already something there um, that will show you kind of how this stuff really, really works. And once you start to understand this, um, you understand some of the benefits of variable and offsets and extra contribution, these are kind of the tools that are at your disposal to pay off your house sooner. So let me give a final kind of example to this. Say you're able to pay your house off 10 years sooner than you otherwise would have been. The 10 years that you saved where you would have been paying a loan off, all that money can now go towards investing or whatever else you want, which gives you more time to let that money sit and grow. Okay, And that's kind of how you start bringing your retirement forward. You start building wealth a lot faster. And it's just simply by using a lot of these tools. So just a final conclusion, the fixed interest rate has the benefit of predictability, but we can't make additional repayments. And it protects us in the event that the interest rates start increasing because of changing government policy. Whereas in variable, if they start increasing the rates, we're susceptible, but we can make additional repayments to pay off our house sooner. We can also experience the advantage of if they decide to reduce the rates, our rates will actually drop as well. So those are just some things to think about. I suggest you try some of the online calculators, play around with the numbers. They're super easy to use. The one I use is from calculator.net. Um, have a try, have a go, see how the numbers move. Hope you guys enjoy and see you at the next video.